Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. This morning you can turn right away to Isaiah 59 or Ezekiel 22:30 and mark the two scriptures that I gave you last weekend so we can build upon them very rapidly this morning. Isaiah 59 and verse 16, Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Last week I did something unusual for those who were not in the services last week. It's not something I normally do. Matter of fact, I can't ever remember doing a message quite like I did last week is at least the initiative of the message being a dream that I had. A dream that could be of God, not of God, I don't know. But the point of the dream is that it had a message to it. And that message got to my heart and my spirit. And I shared it with the congregation and also then built from that some thoughts that I believe the Holy Spirit had quickened to me. That dream had to do with a uh, big, deep canyon. And me with some people in that canyon. And then over the walls of that canyon, cascading down upon it was... uh, a torrential amount of water that no man could stop. You could feel it. It was intimidating. It had some fear to it. There was no way out of the canyon. There was nothing I could do. I was trapped. And I could see with this massive amount of water coming down, there was no way to climb out. And in the midst of that, I turned to a spirit of prayer, just out of habit, out of uh, uh, crying out to God for, for life and uh, Prayer was the only thing I could use. And so I turned to the Lord in a spirit of prayer, and the floods were redirected around me, right down the canyon, disappearing down the canyon. But they did not overwhelm me. They did not take my life. They did not come over me. And in that, I felt to give that to the congregation with the scripture and talk with you about it, breaking into my expectation series a little bit. Uh, We've been on that for a number of weeks, and so I don't normally stop a series to do something like this. But I just felt so... um, quickened or uh, almost irritated by the Holy Spirit in a sense, just agitated. I couldn't uh, drop it. I had to do something with it. I had to talk about it, pray about it. Didn't know if it was for me or for uh, a bunch of other people, for the congregation. I wasn't sure. But in the last number of services, uh, both on this campus and 217, uh, last night was the first time 217 heard this because I did this last Sunday morning. So the 5 o'clock and the 7 o'clock service on the 217 campus had never heard this. And so I had to bring them up to where the rest of the congregation was last night. And the same response last night as it was in the weekend services on Sunday, both 217 and Rocket Butte last weekend. And that was a terrific response from the people saying, yes, uh, there has been some unusual and some very specific floods that have overwhelmed my life in the last number of weeks or months. Some waters that have uh, flowed down upon me that I needed to redirect or resist and stand in the gap for. And that's what we prayed with last night for uh, hundreds of people that were touched again by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people weeping and people just feeling their uh, pivotal point in their life. There was a turning point. So I'm encouraged to uh, go on just a little bit more with this. I didn't feel I was finished last weekend uh, because I think the Holy Spirit is still wanting to help us and talk with us and help us in our prayer and kind of turn the tide. If I would title uh, what I'm doing, although it's, it's not really sermons 
although they did already put it on the web, so people have already gotten emails and stuff of people that listened to the, the dream on the, on the web and the message, and they were being ministered to. So it's just kind of a, a strange thing that happened. I, I don't exactly know how or why these things happened, but just another little way for the Holy Spirit to get people's attention and to move that direction. Uh, I believe that the uh, amount of people that have had uh, a number of things happen to them for whatever reason, at this season right now, uh, there's, there just seems to be an abundance of those people. Again, I would like all those in this particular service this morning, uh, whether you were here last week or not, but you're here this morning and also on 217, how many of you, if you were in the services last weekend, would say there was a definite help in your soul by dealing with the flood that come upon our life. Let me see your hands. How many felt the Holy Spirit really touch your life in a very significant way? Well, that's, that's amazing, and that's how the Holy Spirit ministers. So I want to take it another step. Now, in Isaiah 59 and verse 16, you've already marked that verse. Mark it again if you haven't. It's that verse that says, I looked for an intercessor, and there was no person that I could turn to. There was no man that would be an intercessor, that person that knows how to pray and stand in the gap and intercede, mediate between God and man and between circumstance and man. Isaiah says, God could find no one. And then in Ezekiel chapter 22 and from verses 25 to 30, verse 30 being the key verse here, in verse 30, you know that famous scripture where it says, the Lord looked for a man. He sought, sought, earnestly sought for an intercessor. And it says he could find no one. And he says, no one there who could make up the wall or make up the hedge or would stand in the gap. And then the verses before that, there's four verses, uh, 25, 6, 7, 8, or 6, 7, 8, 9. Those uh, four verses describe four groups of people that failed to do those two things in Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. He says, I went first to the priest and the priest failed. They were profane. They would not stand in the gap. They would not build a wall. So then I went to the princes, the princes of people of influence and business people and people that had political clout, etc. And they had no heart for prayer, no heart for standing in the gap. So they couldn't turn anything around. And so then I went to the prophets, those who should understand spiritual things and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The prophets were totally into their own ministry and telling lying visions and doing things that were wrong. He says, then I went to the people, but the people had become like the priests and the princes and the prophets and the people were oppressing the poor. The people were ripping off the stranger. The people were doing evil. They were not serving in the land. And so it then says in verse 30, I sought for someone who would stand in the gap and turn the tide, but I couldn't find anyone. I couldn't find an intercessor. I had to bring judgment upon that situation. We are the people that need to be the intercessors, those that stand in the gap and those that build a hedge or lift up a wall for our own life, for our family, for our neighborhood, for our city, for our nation, the nations of the world, because prayer has the power to do that. Now, you are an intercessor. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say it one more time. You are an intercessor. Everyone say out loud, I am an intercessor. Now, some of you don't even have a prayer life. Some of you don't pray much at all. 
You might pray a little bit under your breath or when you're in the car or maybe at the mealtime and you really don't get your Bible out and pray through scriptures and walk the floor or get up in the middle of the night or find yourself uh, weeping a little bit or burdened for someone. Uh, Some of you have never got into that, but I would like for you to get into that because every person should be involved with that kind of praying that would bring the hedge up and that would stand in the gap for people so that God could turn the tide and resist. Resist the flood that tried to come upon people's lives. Now, I want to deal with one specific thing this morning. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. When we stand in the gap, whether you know it or not, you're in the gap. You're mediating between people's lives. You're mediating between the circumstances in your life and those that could come into your life. You are standing in the gap. You're building a hedge. That hedge is a hedge of protection and a hedge of of the hand of God, the favor and the blessing, how God wants to be upon your life. There's a hedge. Remember in the book of Job, when the hedge was brought down, the enemy came in and attacked him and his family and his livestock and his business. And everything about Job had a problem because the hedge was brought down. There's a hedge in the Bible right through the scriptures. One scripture says when the hedge was broken down, Isaiah chapter 5, that the... uh, Vineyard of God was, was uh, mutilated and trampled down. Another verse in Ecclesiastes says, when the hedge is broken down, a snake will climb in and bite. That's what it says in Ecclesiastes. We know who the snake is. So the hedge is very important. Building a hedge to a spirit of prayer and lifting up that hedge and standing in the gap and having a spirit of intercession that will focus on what God wants to do in your life and not let the enemy rip you off. Remember this. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He will never stop messing with your life until he can rip off every good thing you have. If you have a good sense of faith, he's going to try to beat you down so that you would begin to rationalize or let go of your faith. If you have a great sense of evangelism, he's going to discourage you from talking with people so that you won't reach out, you won't talk, and you'll forget about the lost and get busy with life. If you have a great sense of business and and, uh, making money and, and really increasing those things, he's going to come after some other area. Maybe it won't be your business, it'll be your family, it'll be your children, something to get your attention off that gift that you have. I want you to have life and life more abundant. Can I hear an amen? And your life more abundant means to be in Christ and in the Spirit and do the things God wants you to do. In that, if you will ever do the things God wants you to do completely and fully all the days of your life, you have to have a spirit of prayer. And that spirit of prayer has to be one that will be persistent enough to reach out and pursue those things that you're praying about and bring them into fulfillment, not letting go of them. The problem is we pray for something and we let it go. We mention it, and then we drop it. We go after it once or twice or a month or two, and then it's totally old hat, and we let it go. I want to bring up to you the way that the Bible says you get answers to prayer. Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Praying always. Everyone say always. The Greek word for always means always. Everyone say always. With all prayer. Everyone say all prayer. All. All. Different kinds of prayer. There's intercession. There's supplication. There's crying out to God. There's prayer of agreement. There's there's all kinds of prayer. Here the apostle says praying always with all prayer and supplication. I want you to notice and I hope you underline this in your Bible. In the spirit. Prayer done in the flesh 
is not as good as prayer done in the Spirit. Here the Apostle says, praying in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Listen to some other translations here. New Living Translation. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert. And whatever you do, be persistent in your prayers. For all Christians everywhere need to keep praying. Amplified. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. There are some seasons where you don't feel the quickening, the power, the faith, the energy, the need. And you let it just kind of go by. Maybe it's a season where everything else has your focus. Now listen to me. Prayer is the most powerful force on planet earth. Prayer works. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer moves circumstances. Prayer brings things into fulfillment where it wouldn't happen otherwise. So the enemy wants to get you out of focus. A little discouraged in your season. Let the floods come upon your head. Here it says, pray in every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, make sure you stay awake. Watch with strong purpose and perseverance. Interceding in behalf of all the saints and God's people everywhere. Turning the tide. If I would label the message, I would call it turning the tide with persistent prayer or turning the tide through a never quit prayer or turning the tide with people who are spiritually stubborn. How many of you might be naturally stubborn? Come on, it's good time for confession. How many of you know you can turn that natural stubbornness toward spiritual stubbornness, stand your ground and see God do some awesome things in your life? There is something about stubbornness that can be positive, determination. The word persistence is what I'm after this morning. Endure, I'm talking about your prayer life. Persist, last, continue, be strong. Hold on to. Do not lose focus. Stick to the purpose or aim. Never giving up what one sets out to do. Refusing to be discouraged by obstacles or difficulties. Refusing to stop praying the same prayer. There are some prayers that I pray. There's probably at least four of them that I pray every day of my life. Because I haven't received answers for them. So I pray them every single day. Every single day. I lift up these prayers. And I claim them. I put scripture with them. Sometimes I have a great prayer meeting around them. Sometimes I have just spitting cotton to the seed and I don't feel a thing. I'm sick of saying it. I'm discouraged about the circumstance. I don't see any change. And I have to grit my teeth and just mumble my prayer out. But at least I do it. And say, Lord, remember this area. And God, you said you could and it hasn't happened. So I once again, I'm bringing it up to you. 
Never letting go. Persistence. Not losing aim. Not loosening your hand. Not just shrugging your shoulders. Praying with all persistence. George Mueller. The man who did all the orphanages in England and great prayer warrior. It is not enough to begin to pray. But George says... Nor to pray right. Nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray. But we must pray patiently, believing, continuing in prayer until we obtain the answer. Andrew Murray. One of the mysteries of divine life is the harmony between, and this is a, this is a great piece of wisdom. The harmony between the gradual and the sudden. Some people only love the sudden. I prayed last night and there was money in the mailbox the next morning. No, I just prayed for so-and-so and they got saved the following weekend. I prayed for a job to open it and you can't believe I got a phone call in two days. There's some great sudden answers. And then there's the other ones that are just flat out gradual. They just grind on and on. And the devil comes along and says, you know, you're not going to have that. I know, I don't have it now. You're probably not going to have it ever. How long has it been since you've been praying for this? Yeah. Boy, is your God lazy? No. Is he deaf? No. Is he too busy to listen to you? No. He doesn't like you? No, he likes me. So he just doesn't want to do anything for you. Well, he does. Anybody ever have a conversation like that? Oh, talking to the right folks here. Have anybody in this group ever just say out loud, God, are you even listening? Is it just me that's that carnal? Have you ever prayed... Not with the anointing, but with an angry spirit. It sounds kind of like the anointing. But you're frustrated. Oh God, in Jesus' name, I want you to do this and I want it to be done now. In Jesus' name. Gee whiz. Golly. Do something. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for listening to my deep intercession. Because some, sometimes we get frustrated. And in that moment, we can drop our prayers to nothing. And then the enemy comes in over the hedge and starts working discouragement and unbelief and rationalization and prayer doesn't work. So why waste your time with it? I want you to say out loud, we want the devil to hear us this morning and all the kingdom of darkness that might want to irritate us in our lifetime. We want them all to hear us speak these words out. I believe in prayer. prayer. A little louder. Just a little bit louder. Now I want you to turn to your neighbor. Now we're a talking church. I'm sorry if you come in and you say, boy, he just makes people do all kinds of stuff. It's okay. Chill out. Not going to hurt you. Church was never supposed to be a one-way communication anyway. I want you to get your finger right like this. 
Now, what I want to make an emphasis to my kids, I don't do this with my wife. Is <laughs> no, no finger poking with her, you know. Hands in the pocket. Yes, hon. Yes, dear. Okay. <laughs> but if I want to make some focus with someone, I might, I might get a little into it and put it on saying, and you, you better believe this. It's an emphasis. Now, I don't want you to actually poke them physically, but I want you just to kind of do it in their face, and I want you to say, and prayer really works. Prayer really works. Come on. It really works. Another great prayer warrior said, Importunity prayer is a, which is persistence prayer, a mighty movement of the soul toward God. It is a stirring of the deepest forces of the soul towards the throne of grace. It is the ability to hold on, press, and wait. It is not an accident, it is passion. This is what we call persistent intercession. Martin Luther, the great reformer. Prayer is indeed a violent action of the spirit as it is lifted up to God. This action is comparable to a ship going against the storm. How you have all the wind and the waves and that ship just presses against the storm. You have to sometimes press against the storm in order to find the conclusion to your prayers, to find the answers to your prayers, to find a release or a breakthrough, whatever word you want to use. Sometimes you have to press against the storm. And of course, your soul might tell you, your emotions might tell you, or the enemy might whisper in your ear, it doesn't matter, you can't break through. If you keep going this way, it's not going to change. I would like to build into you this morning, at least a spirit of expectation, that prayer does work and persistent prayer has a place in the kingdom of God. We don't give up easily. Calvin, John Calvin, the great old theologian, we must repeat the same supplication, not twice, not three times, but as often as we need a hundred or a thousand times beyond comprehension. We must never be weary in waiting for God's help and God's answer. Oswell Chambers, repetition and intercessory opportunity prayer is not bargaining with God, but it's joyous insistence of prayer agreeing with God. Ian Bounds, the greatest prayer writing person I've ever known, at least from his books, we are to press the matter, not with vain repetitions, but with faith and prayer. We repeat, not to count the times, but to gain the prayer. We pray with urgency. This is the secret of success, to keep on praying all the time. Now, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. What does Jesus say about this? And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend... And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer, 
from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. There's every reason not to disturb this guy. Now, this is a parable of Jesus teaching you something. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give to him as many as he needs. Why? Because he gets tired of hearing this guy. Get up. Go away. Get up. You got to get up. Go away. You got to get up. My kids are in bed. Go away. Get up. I can't get up. It's midnight. Get up. 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 After a while, you just get so weary of hearing this person knock at the door. Even though you're tired and you don't want to open the door, you do open the door because of the person's persistence. And Jesus says, the Heavenly Father is like the man in the bed. The parable is about God. We knock on the door. Say, Lord, will you, will you do this? Because I don't don't really think you want it done. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to go my way. Oh, God, will you save her? Well, there's some things I have to bring. Okay. Never mind. I'll pray later. Persistence is the word that describes a passion that doesn't give up. Jesus wants us to have the passion that doesn't give up. Here's another one. If that one doesn't do it for you, Luke 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable. These are the words of Jesus, Luke 18, verse 1. Is it in your Bible? I hope you underline this so you don't think I'm just making this form of prayer up. Luke 18, verse 1. He spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not not lose heart. Faint, weakened, discouraged. That's what Jesus is teaching. He says there are people that pray, but they lose heart. There's a lot of reasons why we lose heart. We don't see, we don't feel, it takes too long. It's it's, it's just not happening. Verse 2 saying there was a certain, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would... Not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her, and this is Jesus teaching on prayer, folks, continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Are people giving up their prayers? How many of you have Some pursuits, aims, 
goals, prayer things you're praying that you have let fall to the ground. See your hands. For people, for you, for health. Come on, let me see your hand. How many have let some things just fall to the ground? So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Just let it go. Well, we're going to, everyone say, pick them up. We're going to pick them up right now. Stand to your feet. All right, take your neighbor by the hand. Here we go. I want everyone just to cooperate and just let your spirit of faith rise in this place this morning. I want you all, first of all, just to pray out loud with me and repeat this prayer. Jesus, here we are. Standing together, in one accord, calling on the name of Jesus. In the gap, building the wall, we believe this is a turning point day. A turning of the tide. We are doing what the Bible says. We are agreeing, together, touching those things that we have heart for. Physical healing. Financial breakthrough. Prodigals returning. Marriage is healed. Salvation to friends and family. Lord, today, we stand in the gap and we call on your name. Let these things happen. We pick them up again. We bring them to the throne and we pray in faith. Release, let go the answers for all of these things. Lord, together with a prayer of agreement, we release these things. Healing, provision in every way. Now touch my neighbor on the right. Touch my neighbor on the left. Oh, God, touch the one on the right and the left this morning. Lord, let there be a breakthrough in their life. Let there be a breakthrough in them, Lord, their heart, their spirit, their soul. Lord, let the Bible work in our life today. There is a God in heaven. There is a God who answers prayer. There is a God who works miracles. There is a God who does awesome things in people's lives. Lord, bring healing to the bodies. Bring open doors to those who need the career changes. Lord, bring open doors to the business people that are up against financial pressures. Lord, bring open doors to those that are witnessing to friends. Oh, God. We're believing today we can pick up all the prayers that we have let go. Lord, we believe today for a reign of your presence upon our lives. Oh, God, minister to the people in this place. In these services today, you don't know Christ. This would be a great time for you to close your eyes and pray this prayer out loud. Everyone together. Jesus, I come to you. I bring my life. I can't do this myself. I need the help. Of a living God. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need help. I need my sins forgiven. Come Lord Jesus. And live in me. Cleanse me of all my sin. Let me be born again. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord I come to you. You're a God of grace. A God of mercy. And a God of love. Pour into my life. 
Give me a vision for my life. Give me direction for my life. Put your hand upon my life. Don't let me waste my life with drinking and partying and carrying on, wasting time and hurting people. I turn my life to you this morning. You're my Lord. In Jesus' name.